Hey everybody, Steve here with Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here with David Tellisman of David Tellisman Communications. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I just wanted to ask you first off, what would you say that you do for a living? Yeah, well, before I answer that question, um, <laughs> I see that I'm being um, videoed. And you yeah. told me about that ahead of time. And you also said that you do uh, some editing. And uh, it, I was going to say, you have your work cut out for you. <laughs> um, I, I'd say please focus on my angles, but I really don't have any good ones. Uh, so to answer your question, sure. I have a content marketing business. So what does that mean? That means two things. That means that I write for businesses. I write all digital print marketing content. And I also design websites, host, and manage them. I have a partner who created a proprietary platform. And sometimes projects call for fuller marketing solutions where we incorporate the writing and the website design. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I do. So, you know, I didn't actually know that. When we talked, I didn't realize that you did web design as well. Oh, surprise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> curveball, curveball. Um, so what part of that is is your forte? I mean, I figure you're the writer part and you have the tech portion as a partner. Is that the dynamic there? Yeah, that's the dynamic. Um, the writing, the messaging, the communications, that's in my wheelhouse. Um, but, you know, so is the prospecting and the relationship management. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, when we did our call before, you said that you have a background in many different things. <laughs> uh, right. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, Miro, you were his uh, his teacher for, for a short period of time. Yes, I apologize to Miro and his family and friends and <laughs> anyone associated with him listening to this podcast. Uh, well, he's doing all right. He's yeah. Doing all right. All right. Well, then I'll take credit for you that. You were an English teacher? I was. Well, he still has a problem with English. Oh, well. Right. You can't blame me for that. <laughs> it's all right. But um, so you got your start where? You, I mean, you you were in journalism, you were in arts and entertainment, writing, yeah, all different things. Correct. Tell me about how that how that worked out. Right. So at a college, I, I went to University of Miami. Go Canes, I guess. <laughs> They're terrible these days. But um, I was living in South Florida and my first job was writing for the uh, Sun Sentinel entity for uh, the, the various community newspapers. And I worked for them as a staff writer for about two years, covering a lot of subjects. Um, a great deal of it was Jewish culture. There mm -hmm. was a, a there's publication called the Jewish Journal, and I was covering pretty much all three counties in South Florida, which is huge. Um, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Yeah, uh, And I was also covering news um, for some of the other papers, the uh, Pompano, Pompano Beach Times. So, you know, one week I'd be writing a story about uh, a, a kosher restaurant and their practices. And then the other, um, you know, a fire that took down a house. So, yeah, straight reporting. Yeah, right. That's awesome. And um, I mean, you... We're in journalism and it's a touchy subject. It's, it's for me, I guess it's, it really depends on your perspective and kind of what your beliefs are, but what are your views on journalism, the state of journalism today and kind of how it's devolved? Yeah. Well, um, I think journalism is really important. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's a critical institution, you know, yeah. we, we, <laughs> many might say we live in a post-fact society, 
Um, but journalists, and there's a lot of good ones there. Um, you know, I feel like to a degree, they're kind of under siege these days, um, but they're important. I mean, yeah. we need journalists to report the news. We need them to, and we need local journalists. You know, we need to know what's going on on the local level because that's really important. Yeah. Well, you're on the right podcast. It's local level. Yeah. Well, cool. It. But um, so, I mean, yeah, it is really important. It's the fourth branch of government, basically. You right. Know? Um, so it just seems like uh, with communications in particular, I mean, that's that's what you do. It seems like communications in itself has totally changed uh, in the past decade, especially with social media, um, with kind of the culture. You really have to choose your words carefully. People get offended very easily. Um, have you experienced anything like that in your in your work uh, to date? Well, I'm offended by that question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, not really, because I, you know I'm not really the the communications I create. They're they're not really controversial. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it is. I am working with a business and, you know, I'm telling their story and I'm communicating their value to their audience yeah. uh, so that they could continue to have their customers buy from them and, and also win new business. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's lots of different uh, approaches to marketing mm -hmm. writing and uh, you know, there's the, the jaw dro uh, dropping shock, marketing, uh, in your face type of stuff that can really, really make an impact fast social media culture in particular. That's right. what people are aiming for. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, uh, uh, copywriting, you know, uh, just, uh, just kind of getting the ideas across. What do you prefer? I mean, in a perfect world, would you prefer to be doing copywriting or would you like to do more creative campaigns and things like that? Well, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. You know, I mean, I, I think there is an intersection for both, um, but it really, it, it largely depends on your client and um, who their audience is. Uh, right. You know, I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm working, I have a client who's in, um, who has a human resources business. I have a client who uh, is a real estate attorney mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there, there really isn't, um, there isn't a space there to create anything very flashy or, right. or that's unnecessary. I mean, it's really about, uh, it's about finding their voice and writing in a genuine way and pushing that out, um, through the best mechanism possible. And that's, you know, that's a combination of social media, that's newsletters, that's, you know, that's uh, direct mail, email subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you do it all with that. Uh, so do I. Um, we probably do a lot of the similar things, a lot of similar things. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't have the background in journalism that you do. Um, and I feel like if I did, then that might be something to bring it to the next level a little bit. How does that affect your writing here? Sure. So as a journalist, you, you interview a subject or more than one subject, you know, people, and your job is to, is to learn about who they are, what they do and 
craft a story around that. And, yeah. and because I spent so much time interviewing people in different industries and, you know, even within certain niches, you know, like when I, uh, when I was an arts and entertainment writer, uh, there were all kinds of, um, artists and entertainers, um, yeah. painters, sculptors, comedians, actors. Um, and you learn about them, you learn about their craft. And so how that's translated and helped me with what I do now is I, I am an industry generalist, so I don't have an industry niche. Yeah. And I come by that organically and it starts with my journalism background, um, through before my business, when I worked for uh, different corporate entities, yeah. always writing to different audiences. But if we'll stick with journalism for a second, it's, <clears throat> um, I'm that prepared me to be a quick study to learn someone's industry, yeah. an industry that I might not be familiar with. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like real estate law, for example. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned that you handle the sales and, uh, you know, drumming up clients and things like that. So you have a, you have the ability to decide who you're going to write for by approaching those people, you know, and targeting. Right. Is there, uh, I mean, I know that you don't want to pigeonhole yourself because you want to get clients of all walks, but mm -hmm. what, what in a perfect world, what would be your favorite client, uh, industry type topic, uh, subject? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, you know, I don't want to alienate any, any industries. Yeah, it's not, um, I mean, I could tell you ones that I, that, that I like, but, um, for me, it starts with, it, start, it starts with the business owner or the business entity, and we'll go with the business owner for a second, sure. who is really struggling to create honest and, and the right messaging for their audience. And, you know, that's the thing that I live for mm -hmm. um, is, is being able to sit down with that person and listen to them yeah. and really within a few minutes, I can conceptualize what they need. Okay. And, you know, and that's really where the creativity comes into play for me is that, you know, it, it doesn't matter who the client is. It doesn't matter the industry. Yeah. It, it's, we, we have this creative freedom to really communicate and reach their audience. Um, there are industries that are really emerging, you know, cannabis, for example, and especially yeah. here in Illinois, we've had medical cannabis since 2013. And, you know, uh, as of January one, um, we're going to have adult usage and, yeah. uh, it being, um, you know, locally, a, a pretty nascent industry. And, uh, I mean, nationally too, right. It, sure. it is, um, Learning that industry has been interesting uh, because it's new, because yeah. it's very challenging. It's, it's pioneering. It's pioneering. It's fast. There are a ton of moving parts. There's there's a lot of information. There's conflicting information. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, I did have a client in the cannabis space, uh, the, the cannabis facility building space. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a great client uh, because, you know, I, I got to explore this industry, really learn about it mm -hmm. in... And, and write about it. Well, that's, uh, it's funny you mentioned, that. I mean, we were talking right before we started here that uh, um, uh, some of the just 
you could throw a rock to the uh, Schaumburg and uh, uh, Buffalo Grove, just the next couple towns over. They just legalized it. You know, I mean, uh, they're gonna they're gonna actually have facilities. So that's right. that's great. Well, it's legalized statewide. They're, but they're it's, opting in. They're to opting into to, the right to uh, they opted in for uh, retail businesses to to yeah. legally operate. So I was thinking last night when I saw the news. I definitely want to have one of those people on the show. I definitely want to, you know, give a little bit more information to the community because, I mean, there's so much that people don't know about the community, uh, you know, the, the industry, and they think that it's a, you know, this or that or whatever, and uh, nobody really knows the answers. And I think that uh, I don't think I don't think anybody really has the answers because we're making this up as we go. But um, well, from, Cheech and Chong might be available. Yeah, but you know they. they that's uh, when you, when you get the bureaucracy involved, then right. things get a little fishy. Sure. So, you know, that's, that's uh, from a marketing perspective and for writing copy for ads like that, um, that is like, this is the frontier. It's almost like, uh, I don't know if they're going to go to the direction of CBD where you can, you can, you know, market that out or they're mm-hmm. going to go the direction of cigarettes. I mean, or alcohol, you can market alcohol everywhere. But you can't advertise cigarettes. So is that going to be what, – what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, do you have any insight on that? Insight as to – As to what – are they going to allow advertisers to, to write copy for that? Yeah. And market? Well, sure. And that's, that's tricky right now. Um, I mean, obviously, there are – <laughs> laws uh, governing who <laughs> who you can advertise to, uh, you know, not to kids, not people yeah. under the age of 21. Um, but with regard to, you know, digital marketing, um, I, I know that we, we Google's rules are pretty dynamic yeah. um, in terms of digital ads that you run, the, the, the uh, uh, pay-per-click ads and, and what, what terms you could use, you know, cannabis, marijuana, um, and even um, the the cannabis leaf logo, uh, yeah. but I mean that being said, there, there is a lot of marketing that is going on. Well, I, I mean, yeah. you, you you can go online and you can research cannabis companies, um, you know, uh, or you could have subscriptions to um, uh, online organizations and publications like um, MJ Biz Daily, um, Gondrepreneur, Leafly. And you receive your content that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's new in Illinois. So the, the, we haven't seen, we haven't been marketed to yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing how that's done. Right. And, and what makes this industry, uh, appealing and, and where there's opportunity, um, people like me, I believe is that, you know, there, there is a tremendous need for consumer education. Yeah. Um, for in in on the clinical side patient and physician education yeah do you feel like that's uh, you know when you when you take on a client i know you're running a business so you can't take on just the clients you want to take on every time um because you gotta you just gotta get clients uh, but uh do, do you do you feel like you play the role of the educator sometimes i mean yeah definitely and let me clarify i i I, I do work with the clients that I want to work with if, if it's not going to be a good fit or if, if um, uh, we're not, we're not aligned on, okay. on what their goals are and, and what I could deliver for them. Then, you know, I, 
I, I could recognize that and it's in our best interest to, yeah. to not engage. Um, but yeah, education, that's key. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions I ask clients or I ask um, a, a prospect when conducting a needs analysis is, you know, how important is it for you to educate people in your industry? Yeah. And that really resonates because they, you know, the light goes off and I mean, yes, they agree it's important. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they might think, well, I haven't been doing it enough. And that's where they can leverage a content expert like me to really, you know, to, to, to work on the messaging and the communication that, that educates. And, yeah. and that's, you know, a lot of the work I do is business blogging. Um, and, and that is, it, it's an incredible, I mean, it might be the best um, output for SEO. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, search engine optimization, which, you know, that term is used loosely. I don't think people really know what that means 100%. Can right. you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so it's uh, search engine optimization is organic search. Um, so it is creating content that will be recognized by search engines organically compared to um, paid ads, digital ads, pay-per-click, yeah. um, where you are, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're paying for advertisements and the, and, and the turnaround is, is pretty quick. It's, it's, it's more expensive. Yeah. Um, but what's great about blogging is it is playing the long game in terms of marketing. Absolutely. And that's important because you are blog posts uh, should educate an audience yeah. and, and you know, they should never be uh, promotional I and mean, it's very soft marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I, the blogs I write and, and what I tell my clients is, you know, you want to show, your audience that you care about them. Well, you also want to demonstrate that you're an authority on a topic yeah, and, and that you have, you know, some sort of understanding greater than what they have. So they approach you, um, right? You know, it's, it's, that's uh, right. Point. You, you want to demonstrate that you're, you're right. the expert in your space and that when they read a blog post, when they read your content, there is a takeaway, a valuable yeah. takeaway for them. And, and that, you know, that creates engagement and loyalty. Well, yeah. And, uh, Going back to the SEO part, also for for people that aren't in web design or marketing or mm -hmm. anything like that, the online thing, you know, paid ads, because there's probably a lot of business owners that are probably watching this and they, you don't know, you hear, oh, you got Google calling you, fake Google calling you all the time for SEO. You want to be on number one page. You don't can't even speak English. Um, and that that is uh, a dime a dozen. You you can you can have fake SEO that's black hat SEO mm -hmm. where people just stuff keywords and do all right. that stuff. And you know as soon as you stop paying them, not only do, do you tank, but you could also get blacklisted yourself for using those those techniques. Right, I've seen that happen. But a blog, and this is the reason that I definitely agree with you 100. It's something that demonstrates that value. But as you talk about those topics and those keywords and you have that on your site and people actually read it and get clicks from search, your ranking goes up for those particular keywords. Right. So, so that's, uh, that's people think that if you, if you pay for advertising, you get a return and you can track that right away. And that's the way it should be. 
but that that's not the way that it is. You know, the long game is the best way. I, well, I, I believe. Yeah. And, and I want to clarify, I, I'm not suggesting that one is better than the other and I'm not in, in no way am I putting down digital ads. I mean, I think, I, well, they, they definitely work. Yeah, um, absolutely. They, it, you know, there's data it's proven. Um, and my recommendation would be to do both together. Yeah, sure. Um, but yes, the, 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 the output is different. The, the, the marketing technique is different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're both effective. Now, what do you suggest for a new business owner? Somebody that is starting out and they have to get their digital uh, kind of storefront put up, you know, their, their presence. What are the steps that you take um, when you know your name, you know, you're, you're going to do, you have yeah, I would, I would tell them don't and go to med school instead. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you about that next med school. Um, <laughs> so what, what uh, repeat the question. Okay. So, so what are the steps for a new business owner to take to get their digital, uh, uh, presence established? Yeah. Well, the first thing is have a website and on the print side, have good business cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need a website. The, your, your website is a center of your online presence, right? And I mean, that is, that's how you broadcast your business to, to the universe. Yeah. Um, it's the foundation of everything. It is. And, you know, have a website, don't do it yourself, have a professional do it Yeah, and have a plan because a lot of people uh, and a lot of my clients is what I work with them on. Um, you know, they think if you, you build your website and, that's enough and, and you just leave it alone. But, but no, because you need to nurture it. You know, yeah. it, it, um, there's such a thing as website rot. Um, yep. actually I just used that term for the first time. Um, it's, it's real good. <laughs> Coin that. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, when I, when I engage with a client, they have websites that are you know, five years or older yeah. ones that they've built themselves. Um, or, Someone may have done it for them, but yeah, the it's, nephew or it's something. old, right? No, or yeah. even a professional, but it's just old. And so create the website, have a plan to drive traffic to your website, yeah. uh, have a, have a, a content output plan, but good content you know, blogging is, is great. And we, we've discussed that, but also have a social media presence mm-hmm. and, and connect everything to your website. Um, and, you know, and, and when people find you on social media and, and when content is shared, it will ultimately bring them to your website. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the website is the destination. It is. All these other things are tools to get people to the destination. Right. And I also, I tell people, and I, you know, I've given talks on this, uh, you know, what's, what is worse than having no website at all? having a bad website yeah yeah i agree i had a client uh that um disagreed with that um yeah. and i couldn't work with that client obviously mm-hmm. so you know i have you have you in this business i mean because we basically do pretty much the same thing in this business have you dealt with uh toxic clients that uh just don't <laughs> don't get it or they they want uh you know music to play and you know pop-ups and stuff you know have you dealt with that uh, uh i scenario no i i i haven't had a toxic client um you know i i think i i think it takes two to tango so i think in toxic situations the you know perhaps the vendor is bringing some toxicity into it um 
I no, I mean I've I've had I've had some challenges before, but you know I always try to to work to resolve them. Um, I, I've you know I've, I've I've experienced toxic people in my life, but yeah. um, I, and, and I'm 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 a quick study also on um, I think the type of client and personalities, or I should say, uh, the type of client someone could become. Yeah. Um, and you know, I try not to let that hinder me. And, and again, I mean, it's, I could set aside personalities. It's, it's really about getting the job done. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's not about either of us. It's about, um, getting results for you. It's about, it's about writing effectively for your audience. Now, do you, in, in your business, do you, uh, because I'll, I'll tell you what I do. The website is the, the beginning of a long relationship. Yeah. So for me, even if the money's really good and the relationship isn't, then it's not worth it. So, you know, a lot of people I will turn down because I have dealt with toxic clients mm -hmm. that were, were in the beginning. It's like, oh, absolutely. I could do all the things that you want but I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't stand talking to you. And, um, you know, if you're going to do a relationship, a uh, long-term thing like that, it's kind of like being a partner, you right. know, you know, and I, I try to tell people that it's like a offsite marketing department. You know, if I don't do it myself, I could consult to, to find somebody that's good, you know, like you for writing, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, kind of help, uh, facilitate all those things that uh, are going to make your business grow. Um, but, uh, I, I want to switch gears here a little bit, actually. And I know you have some notes too. Yeah. Um, as a educator, mm -hmm. um, and this is total, total switching gears Sure. as a former educator, what do you think is, uh, missing in today's education system? Mm. Do you think there's something that's, uh, uh, kind of, you could do the things better. I mean, <laughs> you obviously left the business. Oh, we're so. getting deep. Um, mm -hmm. Well, sure. I mean, there are a lot of problems with the education system. And, you know, I mean, for one, there's a, a tremendous lack of funding um, in general, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and on, on both levels of government and, and you know, on, on the most local levels, too. Um, I think that many districts and many teachers are, um, I think they're undervalued. I think yeah. they are, um, under-resourced and, you know, of course that has an impact on kids. And then, I mean, we could also, <laughs> we could get into uh, where, um, you know, the, the tragedy of underserved communities. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, uh, the, the, you know, we'll say the public school institution or, you know, I mean, it, really just the, the institution of schooling is, is very different today. Um, yeah. W when, when I was in high school in, you know, in the early mid nineties, um, and I'm aging myself, but you know, there, we did not have social media. Yeah. Um, we, we did not have lockdown drills. We, we weren't, we didn't go to school every day with, you know, with the specter of a, um, an active shooter coming yeah. into the school. And yeah. so I, you know, I, I do, 
um, I get upset when I hear things like, you know, kids, kids aren't tough enough today. And I, I mean, I think that's a load of crap because what, what they have to deal with these, these things, I, you know, and when people say that I say, well, have you ever, what, when, when you were in high school, could you imagine how much anxiety you would have if you had to participate in a lockdown drill? Do you think, in, and I agree with you, that that's counterproductive uh, because, number one, if there is a shooter, I mean, this has been, I mean, they're, they're getting the same drill so they know exactly what to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think that this, this is a, it's, it's because of social media in particular, um, there's just more exposure to all this. Ideas are transferred so much faster than they used to be. Mm -hmm. There's always a, there's a culture of everybody's watching you mm -hmm. and you can't actually be yourself. People don't have the ability to fall down on their own and, uh, you know, get back up or, you know, do something stupid and not have it happen uh, to ruin something down later in their life. You know, uh, and I think that that is why people say people are a little bit uh, less tough nowadays because you know it, it's just it's a total different culture and everybody's on eggshells so yeah. that's another thing that i want to talk about what do you think about the the eggshell type of culture well but i also think that um every generation likes to deride the the next generation yeah um, of course and, yeah I, mean, I, I just that's that's nature yeah it's part of biology right i mean yeah. you know the diversify the uh <laughs> the the greatest generation, I'm sure, thought that the baby boomers weren't tough enough. And the boomers probably thought that my generation X wasn't tough enough. And we, yeah. You know, we take shots at millennials. And is it true? Is, um, I don't think so. No, I mean, I mean I, if we, and I, I, you know, in, in that, that <laughs> there's no way that could be measured. Because right. a generation exactly. represents a different era. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I mean, if we, if we look at history, the history of it going back throughout the generations, because we, you know, and you, we can look at this now. I mean, we, it's not written on stone tablets, you know, I mean, we could look back at the footage of how people reacted to different things throughout, you know, the decades and how cultures changed and how people get outraged about certain things, but also are numb to certain things. Mm -hmm. So there's a total different dynamic there where back at, back in the day, you know, with, with Elvis, you know, they, they blacked out his, his lower half because it was too racy to put on TV, um, you know. Uh, but now we have uh, uh, all these crazy things, you know, crazy, violent things that, are, mm -hmm. that children are exposed to. And it's not even a big deal. So it's like, you know, to them, that's like not even real. Right. right. Um, so, I mean, what is how do you measure how do you measure any of this stuff? Well, I think the, the original question was, do I think that there's a lot of eggshell walking? Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, in, in it, it depends on the context. Uh, you, you know, I, I, yeah. there's, um, unfortunately, um, on, on Twitter, uh, there, there's so much commentary and it's really yeah. fast moving. And, um, and because of that, there's a snowball effect where there's, you know, reactions and, 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 and stronger reactions and someone wants to, um, you know, one up the other on, yeah, on the reaction. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it gets blown out of proportion. Um, but in 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 my business, um, that really doesn't come into play uh, because when I 
when I understand my clients uh, and they feel understood, I mean, there's really, I haven't had a situation where, where there were, where there were eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're bringing it back to your business and um, I, I get it. Uh, I like to have these things, these conversations because you know, it's like uh, everybody comes from a different, you know, you have your own path that you've walked down. You do something for a reason now uh, because it fits you. And that's another question that I won't ask you right now because, you know, we're beyond that. But um, it's uh, you've done a lot of different things and you've gotten to this point in your career. So I'm interested more about where you came from and what your thoughts are um, more than what you're doing, because we've already talked about that. A lot, you know, I mean, so, you know, I mean, like, because, you know, in this industry, marketing, writing, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a style. Everybody says there's a right way and a wrong way. And for a lot of things, there are things that are correct and totally false. But um, what 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 would you um, what would you say has been the most influential thing uh, in, in your careers? your multiple careers that has gotten you to where you're at right now? Uh, well, yeah, I could think of a few. Um, I could think of a few. Um, you know, I would say these these influential things uh, for me. That, that's vague for a reason. Right, right. Um, for me, they were... Um, they were confidence builders and and I'll identify what they were. And and they were, um, they were reaffirmations that, that I could make a living as a writer. And so, uh, you know, I mean, a couple of instances when, when I was in college, my senior year, I won my university's uh, fiction prize uh, for, um, for short fiction. And, and, that I mean, I I remember that moment when when I got the call, and um, that uh, it was an emotional experience because it, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it validated me. And, yeah, and um, I, I have a little bit of the imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can you explain what imposter syndrome is to people? Right, imposter syndrome is when you feel like you don't deserve any success that you've achieved, um, that, that you don't feel like you belong doing what you're doing. Um, in that, uh, despite, uh, praise and accolades, yeah, right, right. And, and, right. and that, it, that you don't, that you just, you, you don't belong in the space where, yeah. where you are. Yeah. And it's, um, that's the opposite. I, maybe I'm butchering this, but it's the Dunning-Kruger effect is the opposite where you believe um, that uh, when you know very little that you're a, an expert on a lot of topics. Gesundheit too. No, I've, <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I know that there is an opposite. I don't yeah. know what it's called, but um, hey, now I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, but th- that's, it's very true. I mean, most people right. that uh, are uh, highly capable even when people are showering them with praise, they, yeah. they feel like it's totally like, Oh, they're just going to find out one day and yeah, all yeah. this is going to be, you know, knocked away. Well, and that could be incredibly inhibiting. Yeah, um, it, it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but so that th- there was that moment, um, when I was working as a journalist right out of college, I had, 
um, I had a, a fantastic editor um, who uh, he, he, he said something to me that always sticks. And, I, you know, I had written a story and I was kind of all over the place. And he told me, he said, always paint a picture. Yeah. And that really clicked with me. Uh, paint a picture. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you paint a picture, you uh, you are just telling a story the way it's meant to be told. Now, you know, painting a picture, it, that can be done in lots of different senses. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, uh, specifically what you do is, is more focused on text. Um, how do you what, what is it about a uh, written written word that that draws you to it? You know, what is it about the the act of actually putting something down on paper or yeah. on a screen? Well, we're we're getting to my why. You yeah, know, and exactly. And Simon yeah. Sinek or Sinek. Yeah. Um, no, Sinek makes him sound like he's a cynic. <laughs> uh, I watched the TED talk of his recently where he talks. Yeah, he's uh, really good. Right. I mean, he 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 focuses on that. And, you know, I uh, until real until recently, I. I didn't know what my why was when I would talk about my business. I, I, I was discussing more of the how, yeah. um, you know, how did you start a business? Yeah. And it's, well, yeah, I, I, I was at a crossroads in my life and I realized that I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to leave the corporate world. Um, I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to have my own clients and, and, and write for deeper them. than that though. Um, and, and, behind and, that. Right. But so when I, when I saw that Ted talk, it made a lot of sense to me, but I also realized I didn't know my why. And, and yeah. I didn't discover it that day or the next day. Did I, you know when you discovered it? I, can you, can you point to that exact time? Um, or was it gradual? It was, it was more gradual, but uh, I mean, the point is, is that, that I found it and, you know, yeah. what my why is, is when, when I see writing that's average or poor, I feel compelled to make it better. Yeah. And whether I'm looking at a wine label or a magazine ad or, you know, an article or a blog post I have a, it's like a Pavlovian response Mm -hmm. that I want to, I want to take this, I want to run to it and I want to make the, the the words, everything about it. I just want to improve it. I want to make it better. And that's, and that's what, that's what drives me here. And, 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 you know, I lead with that. And the way it serves my clients is that then I can work with them to communicate the value of their products and their services and reveal their why to yeah. their customers, to their audience. Uh, so that's, that's why I do what I do. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people in my space who, you know, they're solopreneurs or they're entrepreneurs or, or, you know, or they have uh, their boutique marketing companies and, um, you know, they, they lead sometimes with 
with the uh, with with budget, with scalability, with the monetization. Yeah. And yeah, and and I don't get me wrong. It's you know I, everyone you need. There's lots of different pieces. You need sustainability yeah. and growth, but I always begin with the why and, and that I, I have to make this better for my client and then you know everything else follows from there now do you tie uh because i've come across people that that really really look at things differently and it's all dependent on the way that you i think it's the way that you're you know your your learning style you know whether you're visual or you know mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um do you do you look at the text and can you can you set that aside from the design, or is that one thing for you? Uh, no, it, well, it's no, it's often I could see it together. Um, I mean, I could look at a website and do a quick analysis. And What's your instinct though? What's the first thing? Do you do you read it first, or you look out? Do you, you is it about the full experience? It's both because yeah. I, you know the the copy, the design, the layout it all has to be right. Mm-hmm. It, it all has to be, um, has to be visually appealing. It's, it's the, uh, I mean, the size of, of the text, the font size that has to work. And, you know, then the messaging, of course, that's gotta, that's gotta be the hook. Yeah. It, this is kind of a, it's a softball question, I guess, but, uh, it's probably been asked before, but if you had an example of, um, something that's perfectly done that we all know, what would be that example of, uh, you know, marketing online, digital marketing, something that I've done, something or? that some, another, an example that you could point to that's not your own, um, really nailing it. Yeah. Well, a lot of companies do, I, I would think well, what comes to mind, um, I think Chipotle nails it uh, with their it, it's and, and I it's it's their it's it's their printing um, their physical marketing and when you pick up food there the oh yeah, sorry about that um, you know how how they how they put their messaging on on their bags on their cups yeah um, it's clever Trader Joe's is another one. Uh, their fearless flyer that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a physical, um, you know, kind of newsletter and, and, and a list of the items they're carrying that month. Yeah. Um, I love their writing style. It's, it's, <laughs> they don't take themselves seriously, but they're, they're witty, they're funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are two examples that jump out. Yeah. And you know, the reason I do that is so people can kind of put themselves into your, you know, look over your shoulder a little bit. I mean, the things that you're talking about, um, there's old, a lot of old spice. That's another one. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, I just had a videographer on yes, uh, last night and, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, he does uh, marketing for, for companies and, and a lot of marketers. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of different ways that it's done. And, uh, I think that it, it takes a different skill set to kind of get that across um, and, and everybody views it differently, which is why there's so many people that do marketing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's why it has to be a good fit for your brand right. and understanding, you know, your audience is, uh, you know, paramount definitely, uh, and, and finding ways to engage and connect with them. Now, um, oh, I thought of, of two others. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, moon pie. 
the okay the snack the snack on Twitter they are hysterical um, and uh, well <laughs> they don't run anymore and I, and I wish they didn't discontinue it but uh, Dos Equis with the most interesting oh, man yeah. in the world uh, those you know they he actually went over to a, a tequila company oh did he they did the same exact ad really <laughs> yeah. Huh, okay yeah it's crazy yeah um but uh yeah that, and that's another example we were talking about and i don't know if you have an opinion on this but you know the uh the whole martin scorsese criticizing the comic world i don't know if this is your space at all um but uh we were having a conversation last night we were, we were talking is is it harder to come up with a creative thought of your own or is it harder to, to do somebody else's character in something that's been done and do it well? Um, well, that's a tricky one, I think. Yeah, but it's, it, it's still, I'm still creating original content when I work now, that it, you know, and I'm using that loosely. Um, original content can be my own content. Um, yeah. the, the things that I write that are by me when I'm writing for a client, um, I'm assuming their voice, their, their likeness to a degree. Um, but it's still a, a very creative process for me. I'm, uh, because I, I go back to, uh, conceptualizing and I'm at, I, I'm leveraging them as the subject matter expert, but then I'm taking that and I'm running with it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, for, for me, like, you know, if, for example, if I'm, uh, writing website copy from them, I need to understand who they are, what they do, what pain they're solving. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's my blank canvas. I, I you just turn it up to 11. Right. And, and then, you know, we look at it together and, and. For the most part, mostly they're they're happy with it. You know, because for the other for the other, how do you deal with criticism? Uh, you know, well, I, listen. I mean, criticism you have to you have to field it. Um, I I try to understand it, and I'm mean, usually um, I do understand it. Um, but, you know, ultimately <laughs> the client has to be happy with it. Yeah, there have been times where a client, you know, revised the deliverable and I didn't necessarily agree with it because perhaps they made it wordier than it needed to be. Um, and I have no problem sharing that feedback, but it's not, it, it never comes down to, um, it's not a power struggle or anything like that. Um, what, what ends up happening is, you know, the, the, the client is, and, and I credit them for this. Uh, they're they're advocating for themselves, right? Yeah, of I mean, course, yeah. because they're it is their business, and 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 their in the subject matter is um, they're they're closest to it, and they know the mm -hmm. most about it. And so I will take their lead there. Uh, I mean, if it's something that that will just that will be detrimental, yeah. Yes, then then I'll speak up. But you know. I, I have a process such that we, we usually don't end up in that place, you know, because it's, 
Um, it's all about communication and, and check-ins, and, and that's important. And then you avoid those pitfalls. Yeah. Yeah, and that comes with experience. Um, now, I know that uh, you – so how long has it been since you, you started your – your thing now so yeah after you know uh, working for many years for somebody else you started your own thing right it's uh just over two and a half years okay and um you know a lot of times and I, I don't know if you were affected by this as much as probably other people but just because you came from the industry um have you been a victim to undervaluing your work have you undervalued your price? Have you given work away for free or not, not for free, but mm -hmm. close to it? And uh, have you gotten away from that yet? Uh, so yes, to all of those questions, um, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And, and that is so, and that makes me think of a question you posed earlier um, about what advice I would get. Well, no, I don't know if that's relevant. Um, that Scratch that. You could edit that part out. No, um, we're keeping it in. No, we're keeping it in. Right. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, when I started, I, I definitely undervalued myself. And I think you know, that's where the imposter syndrome comes yeah. in. And I mean, to be fair, I think, and I've met a lot of people, I think when anyone starts a new business, I think one of the thoughts is um, what gives me the right to, yeah. to charge a client, right? Or what gives me the right to charge a client this price yeah and and that's th this um this misconception that i was bringing into it was that oh i'm i'm just starting off so i have to be very conservative about my pricing and then you know yeah. speaking with people in in the network that i, I started building someone uh, i forgot who said to me hold on a second david you didn't just start this. Yeah, you've exactly. been writing your entire career. You've been writing for over twenty years. You're not bringing a month of expertise to your client. You're you're bringing over two decades. Yeah, and that made a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And so that really helped me see things clearer. Yeah, and uh, I, that goes directly into the imposter syndrome. I mean, yeah. in any creative field or really anything um, where you're working for ideas and concepts and towards, you know, somebody else's goal for their money, you know, to get them results. Right. Um, that's uh, it, it, it happens to well, just about everybody. And if they say it doesn't, then they're probably not doing it right. Right. And I, I do think that um, flexibility is important. And I'm not saying you have to you know, sell out on your rates. Um, but if you're thinking about the long game and a long-term relationship, yeah. and you also have to consider um, a budget, you know, some smaller businesses, they have smaller budgets uh, and where, you yeah. know, where, where um, in, in the give and take there is that they might have smaller budgets, but because I'm working directly with the buyer, the business owner, there's a lot of creative freedom. We don't have to jump through hoops. There aren't, um, you know, layers that we have to break through. Um, well, it's not a cookie cutter price. business. No, no, it's not a cookie cutter price business. I, I do think it's, it's important. And I have established what my rates are, um, relative to yeah. my deliverables. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, 
you learn a lot when you when you sit down and you speak with someone and things could be ironed out. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to increase rates on people? Have you ever had to revise pricing? Um, only if we've been, if things go out of scope. Yeah. And I mean like really out of scope. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've got my, uh, my vendor agreements, um, and I have specific terms in there and, you know, I'm careful to note in, in that. And when I'm talking with people that, you know, if we go outside of the scope of this agreement, um, if, if you, if there is something else you want to do, great, let's yeah. discuss it. Right. But that is, you know, that might be additional pricing or that might just mean we have to rewrite the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a fair, fair way. I mean, that's yeah. the, the best way to, to approach that. Right. I mean, and communication is key. Yeah. And transparency. And what's, and what's helpful in that situation too is, is I'm getting good feedback from the client because yeah. then they're telling me or they're recognizing the value in marketing and they're telling me, Oh, Hey, you know, can, can we try this too? Well, those are buying questions. Well, right. You know, I mean, it's right. like, okay, okay. Well, can we do this too? You right. Know? Well, then yeah. that, that often means that what we're doing is working. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, I love it. Uh, we're talking about really, really good stuff here. And, um, so, I mean, uh, creative, there's many hats. You're, you're doing your own thing now. Creative is one thing, but uh, there's the business aspect of it. Doing the, 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 the back end, doing, handling the books, handling, you know, uh, all, the, all the different things that suck and nobody wants to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, do you, how do you deal with all that stuff? Oh, God, I, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with it. Um, I, yeah, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really hard. Um, but the way I deal with it is, is, is I do it right. Yeah. I mean, number one, I do it. Um, I'm always, I, I know that that process can be improved and more streamlined, but that's almost a job in itself, right? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, um, managing and really understanding a CRM um, your PL sheet, your, you know, tracking your expenses, um, doing, doing your taxes as a, yeah. <laughs> um, as a business owner, uh, the administrative stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a full-time job in itself. Right. Right. But that's, that's also part of your scalability plan, right? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That was my next question. Yeah. What do you, uh, you know, because when you, when you start, especially in the first couple of years, you uh -huh. know, it's so difficult to give up control of every aspect of what you got going on. It is. Uh, it's so hard to decide when it's the right time to do it. Yeah. And then when you know it's the right time, it's it's so hard to to give up that money to make that happen. You know, how are you how are you handling that? Are you at that point now? Right. Well, so um, and this is where I could really empathize with my clients because I understand. Yeah. <laughs> one of their hesitations is giving up that control. Right. Giving up. Trusting somebody with your baby. Right. Giving, giving up that marketing control with someone. Um, I, uh, so when it comes to the administrative tasks, um, because there's, you're so close that so much of that information is private. Yes. Right. So yes. that right now, I, I don't want to let go of it now. Um, 
when it comes to um, you know the services and deliverables I, I provide, um, I, I have a very carefully selected network of people. So I mentioned my design partner. Yeah. Um, what he he's he does the design. Um, yeah. We we collaborate on projects. Um, I have uh, a writer who I work with sometimes who I have known ever since my first journalism job and I, I, I trust her and um, I'll have her edit things for me. Um, and, you know, that's when, you know, and I, and I'll, and I'll leverage these people um, very selectively. And when, when there's a lot of volume yeah, and volume is good. Um, but I also, since, <laughs> since I enjoy the work, um, I, I, I like to do it all myself and, you know, and, and as long as I've got the capacity. Now there's another, there's another level to this whole thing. And, uh, I'm at this point now, um, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on it because at some point you're not going to be capable to do, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be something you're going to be able to do all yourself. Right. I mean, if, if you were to push this out five or 10 years or two years, whatever years. Um, and it gets to the point where you have people put in place to handle things. Mm -hmm. What will your job be in your organization? So we're talking about working on your business versus working in your business. And I, I hear that a lot and I, I do hope to achieve that. Um, as far as what it will look like, yeah, that's a good question. Um, would I want to staff one day, or what would I want to have writers, more writers that I contract with? Certainly. Um, having never been in that position before, it is, yeah, it, it's 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 hard to it's hard to specifically describe what that, what the infrastructure and how things would work. Uh, yeah, mind blown. Um, (laughs) but I, I certainly would want to be overseeing everything and, and to a degree things would still pass through me. You know, I want to look at all of the work that's been created, um, and, you know, function, uh, more as, as, an executive editor. Um, I, I would still want to go out and sell and create the relationships, uh, perhaps have some people doing that for me too. Yeah. That's a big part. Uh, it's difficult, um, to, to find a good sales team and all that. Um, but the thing I, I do worry about a little bit about, about scaling is then, um, you know, I, I would never want to compromise quality. I wouldn't want to dilute. Yeah, um, right. That know, that goes to expanding my, my too value fast. Proposition and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tricky, tricky uh, road. Yeah, you know, it's a tricky path to, to go down, um, and a lot of people fail. And that's when you fail. You know, when you when you get to the point where you can't do everything on your own, right. and if you don't have the things set up, right now it's broken, and you can't fix it. 
uh, and that's when you go out of business. So, <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. a pretty scary thing. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, I, I love it. Um, I mean, I'm in the same place that you are. So I'm asking these questions just because I, I truly, I'm just curious, you know, um, I mean, and these are scary things, uh, but overall the imposter syndrome is really the, you know, the yeah. biggest thing. How does know, that come into past. play for you? How does it come into play for me? Yeah. Well, it comes into play for me the same way that it comes into play for you because, you know, what you end up doing is you end up thinking that uh, your work doesn't compete or thinking that even when you have real success uh, showing results that uh, it's not good enough, that mm -hmm. somebody else can do it. Or maybe uh, uh, a competitor, maybe having this conversation, not right. knowing uh, could, could actually damage uh, relationships. But you know, all that's false. It's all fake. It's not real because there's plenty to go around. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's the issue. Uh, that's the issue a lot of times. Right. And that's, what's so insidious about imposter syndrome yeah. is because you've, you have succeeded at something yeah. and yet it's still a failure in your eyes. And, and, you know, I mean, and that could be tragic if it's really bad. And, uh, you know, it's thankfully it's not really bad for me. And, and yeah. I have, when I'm feeling it, I've got, um, people in my circle who could <laughs> give me a reality check. Yeah. 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 The support structure. That's uh, one of the, I know we don't want to go too much longer, but uh, what do you have in place in your life to keep you grounded, um, to keep you, you know, in a good mindset? Besides gravity. Um, I have, and that is a good question. Um, a great family, you know, that's um, important. My wife, my kids, um, uh, my in-laws are close by, my brother and his family are close by, um, and then my network. Yeah. And that is one of, one of the most important and I think the most valuable thing I've, I've learned, and this has been my business school. You know, I, haven't, I, I didn't study business in college. I, I, I didn't get a postgraduate degree in, yeah. in business. I got one in education. Um, but entrepreneurship, I mean, that, that is my business school. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. Um, Nothing prepares you for all this stuff. Right. But I have established a network. Um, uh, and a lot of people are local in Northbrook and on the North Shore. I belong to two chambers of commerce, Northbrook and uh, DBR, Deerfield, Bannockburn, Riverwoods. And the people there, they're such givers. Yeah. And and they've taught me to be a giver. They've taught me to listen and to learn about people and to connect people. And they've become, they've become part of my, my support people, my, my advocates and, and friends also a lot of them. I thought, you know, I, when I joined, I was, uh, I was 41 and, and I thought, well, I'm 41, how am I going to, can I really create, start some of the new tight friendships? And, and I have, um, and so it's, you know, I was at a networking event this morning and, um, one of the, one of the questions we went around, we answered, um, and it's a pretty intimate group was, yeah. um, what do you like most about your life? And 
which that's an existential question. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I answered, I said, I like that I've managed to surround myself um, by great people. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome that you have that, that you can say that. Yeah. Because that's not something that everybody has. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, those networking events and, and getting to realize that uh, everybody thinks that everybody else knows better, you know, a lot of times. Right. And they haven't figured it out. Yeah. But in reality, nobody knows what's going on. We're all just trying to do the best we can. Yeah. And even and, and something else I learned is that you can network beautifully with competitors. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, you're not um, enemies. You can exactly, leverage yeah. each other. And, and I've done so. Yeah. And that's that's the imposter syndrome. That's why you made me blush. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, you got me there. Um, it's, it, it is, that's why I do this show and that's why I, you know, want to have these conversations with people because, you know, there's so much overlap and there's so many people that have questions. There's so many things that they're, you know, there's so many things to do and, you know, right. there's plenty of clients. So, you know, your network and your ability to handle those clients and, you know, pass things along and collaborate with people that is only going to benefit the people that you're collaborating with and your customers ultimately. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't have to all be on your shoulders. And, uh, and that's really, really an important thing. And that's why I tell people, if I don't do it, I'll help find somebody that can. Right. And that's a service in itself. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's really great stuff. And I won't keep you forever. Um, well, do me a favor though, that the, the next time you feel the imposter syndrome really kicking into high gear, yeah. call me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll snap you out of it. Um, well, that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Do okay. so. Well, because we're going to, I understand what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's standing it's, invitation for me to, uh, eradicate your, you know, your imposter. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, and I do have your card and I will be contacting you, um, because there's a lot of things that we could probably collaborate with. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, I'm before when we spoke and, you are giving me the overview of your business. Yeah. I think we're both thinking, wow, we could yeah, there's we a help lot. each other out. There's a lot to do. Um, so David Talisman, everybody, uh, you can check him out at davidtalisman.com for all your copywriting, communications, web design, blog posts, everything we just talked about. Give him a call. Um, and David's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate it. Can I plug two things? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Plug everything you got. Yeah. So I've got two things to plug that I've got uh, very soon. I will be... Um, launching a new version of my website with an even uh, more expanded portfolio of my work. Awesome. I'm very excited about that. And also um, something that I'm offering is a free website content assessment. Uh, this is very helpful because I will look at your website and I'll provide you with a report on what's working, what isn't, and recommendations on what you can improve. Yeah. Um, and you know, this normally starts at $300, but this is on the house. That's awesome. A lot of value there. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason that that's so valuable is because you don't, uh, a lot of times when you contact somebody to do a website, they're going to tell you all the things that they want to tell you, uh, to sell you something. Right. And um, with these consultations, and the reason you charge for these co consultations, I imagine, is is not just to sell them. It's it's 
so they can get that information and do what they want with it. And uh, exactly. And that's in, and yeah, I mean, you're nailing it because it is, it's a blueprint for them and it gives them the choice of, I mean, listen, they could hire me yeah. or if they're feeling so bold, they could do it themselves, which I don't recommend, or uh, maybe they want to hire someone else, but at least they have that blueprint, that foundation. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I like to help people. Well, I appreciate you offering that to the, the audience. Uh, how can people find that or redeem that? Just uh, send you an email uh, through the through the website, or yeah, contact me through the website. Um, email me at david at davidtelisman dot com. Uh, call me three one two three nine nine zero six five zero. Yodel, Messenger Pigeon, Singing Telegram, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they might need it if they don't. They don't have a website. Yeah, you're right. There you go. (laughs) Well, Dave, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, Steve. Really. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Great stuff, man.